1: absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness because one purchased equals one donated wow did we just write an ad yes
2: bombas big comfort for everyone go to bombas.com slash wondery and
1: use code wondery for 20 percent off your first purchase welcome to the Rose podcast number 856 this episode's brought to you by squarespace uh tackling your next move might not be as difficult as it seems because you could just make something katie you could just make a thing that you want to make
2: you can
0: make it-
1: Anything you want, except uh, you can't make a tree from scratch, you would need seeds and soil. and that would be a little more difficult. That would be difficult. But if you wanted to create a digital tree and you wanted to park that somewhere and you said, well, social media is just too snack size, and I really want to do something that's a little more in, in depth for people. You could create your digital identity. Using Squarespace, start a business, change a career, launch a new creative project on the side. They give you the ability to create on any online platform which makes your next big idea known to the world. And they have incredible templates, award-winning. Creating a website is simple, intuitive. Start your free trial today at squarespace.com under the offer code NERDIS to get 10% off your first purchase plus a free domain. Thank you to Squarespace. Katie, what's on the Nerdist Community corkboard?
0: We got a couple cool things. Uh, Steven writes, I run Engaged Family Gaming, where a website dedicated to giving gamer parents the tools they need to get their families game on. Uh, he's been running the site for about four years, uh, and they have a pretty active Facebook group at engagedfamilygaming.com slash community. And uh, you can find more info at engagedfamilygaming.com, or you can follow them at Facebook, Engaged Family Gaming, or on Twitter, at EF Gaming. And then also, Jim Reimer writes he wants to promote his girlfriend Rachel's bookstore in Green Bay, Wisconsin. It's called The Bookstop. It's a paperback exchange store. All used books are 50% off the cover price. Um, it sounds like a really cool, little fun store with a lot of interesting books. Uh, and so, if there's any other enthusiasts in the Northeast Wisconsin area that want to support a long lived small business in Green Bay, you can visit her website at bookstopinc.info. And uh, yeah, you can just find out more info. That's about great.
1: Her. And, you know, of course, uh, I'm, you know, if you're in Green Bay, Wisconsin right now, you're probably not leaving your house because it's February. But if you do get out of your house, that's a great place to but go. You need
0: something to do while you're at home. So, why don't you go get a book and then you can read it?
1: Oh, you're so good! You're so good at this! <laughs> Um, also, I want to say that I'm performing at the Irvine Improv in Irvine, California this weekend, March third and fourth. I believe that's the Friday and Saturday. Yes, March third and fourth. Uh, Mike Furman will be on the show. April Richardson will be on the show. That's a fun show. And uh, yeah, I haven't been I haven't been to Irvine in a long time. So come to those shows. There's two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. Just I think if you I think it's like irvine.improv.com or just Google Irvine, Irvine Improv. Improv. You know how to up. find stuff. You're smart. Okay, this episode is Catherine O'Hara, um, and that is uh, that is. If I had had, uh, you know, if I the, the, when people say who's someone that you've always wanted on the podcast, she was always on that list. Yeah, and I was able to get her to do the podcast, which is insane because she <laughs> doesn't really do interviews. She doesn't yeah. really do this kind of stuff. But I met her at a party last year, and she could not have been sweeter. And, uh, and I saw her at the same party again this year after the Oscars. And, of course, at a certain point, I was like, oh, I'm talking her ear off. <laughs> I'm talking this poor, kind lady's ear off. So, uh, so I, I slinked away. But uh, she's, she's the best. And uh, it was so – there are just some people that are sitting across from me at this table where I go, I cannot believe that these people are across from me. Yeah. At this table right now.
0: She, yeah, she was so great too. Yeah.
1: And uh, and so Catherine O'Hara is promoting Shits Creek, which is Wednesdays at 8 p.m. on Pop TV. Uh, all the episodes are on CBC.ca/slash Schitt's Creek, which is S C H I T T S Creek. Uh, which you should watch, and also a series of Unfortunate Events, which is now streaming on Netflix, yeah. with our friend Neil Patrick Harris as well. So thank you so much to Catherine O'Hare for being the amazing and wonderful human being that I had hoped you would be. Uh, I worship you always. I am forever <laughs> your servant. Uh, I will I will do anything you want. I will literally do anything you want, Catherine O'Hare, including stop kind of stalking you. Uh, Casper, Casper Mattresses, is also sponsoring this episode of the Nerdist Podcast. Obsessively engineered mattresses at a shockingly fair price. You're going to hear the price and you're going to be shocked at how fair. You will be shocked by the fairness, Katie. I'm shocked. That doesn't seem shocked. Can you do uh, take two? I'm shocked. And this time, a little less uh, hacker and blacker sitting in here, in a, <laughs> trying not to giggle <laughs> at Katie's performances because they're good. You're, she's taking you to this place of shock and That's horror. So shocked? Yeah, they're shocked. Well, you can talk now. I've already said you guys are here.
2: They're the Catherine Hera of mattresses,
1: in <laughs> that they're amazing. <laughs> time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. Because there is a sleep service which has the right amount of sink, the right amount of bounce. You're going to try it for 100 days uh, risk-free in your own home. If you don't love it, they're going to pick it up and refund you everything. But you're not going to want to do that because you're going to be sleeping too well. Casper understands the importance of sleeping on a mattress before you commit. And that's why they're going to give you this deal. Free shipping and returns to the U.S. and Canada. Uh, And 4.8 stars. And it's not out of five. Not out of like 1,000. 4.8 out of five. Get $50 towards any mattress purchased by visiting Casper.com slash Nerdist. Use the offer code Nerdist. Terms and conditions apply. Here's Nerdist Podcast number 856 with Katherine O'Hara.
2: Now entering Nerdist.com. Yeah, say that
1: afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What if you're like, oh, why did George. I agree why to
2: drive
1: like, into Hollywood in this day? No, you. I'm saying you. No. Say yeah. No, not yeah. at all. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Never. Yeah. 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 Never. Never. Okay. I, I was very excited. We already started rolling by the way. thought. Oh, uh, okay. yeah, just we just we just glide into it. I'm
2: tricked into this.
1: Then. I did. Yeah. You're totally tricked. I think you'll find the doors quite locked. <laughs> uh, but. I don't know if you remember this, but I met you at this party that uh, that the Vanity Fair party last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't normally go up to people that I like because I just assume it's going to go like this. Hey, I think you're great. Uh, thanks. Uh, well, bye. Like it just.
2: <laughs> that it, happens to me at that party. It does. Yeah. Oh, I have, I've jumped on people. Who'd you? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Who'd you I jump don't... on? Who was it? Who was it?
2: Uh. <laughs> guy, he was in the middle of talking to a girl, chatting up a girl, it was Derek Hoff, because I'd watched Dancing with the Stars, and I thought, that guy's an amazing dancer, an amazing choreographer, and I went, up, I just dove at him, <laughs> hi, you're amazing, oh, okay, thank you, he was perfectly polite, but I was like, okay, then, bye.
1: Well, I so, oh, see so you guys are having a...
2: <laughs> or it hey. works out, once I t- I jumped all over uh, Andre 3000. Oh, you did? Yes, a few years ago, you know, after, uh, yeah, yeah, which nobody could stop singing, and went up to him at a at the fair party and uh, I said, Oh my God, I love you. I love you so much. He said, Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And I started to walk away and he looked at me and went, Oh, he recognized me, which I didn't expect. And I wasn't hoping for, but he went, Oh, and then he went respect. And then he brought me in for a hug and I was Aww. like, you know me. <laughs> I love you.
1: <laughs> See, that's how I, I was expecting. I didn't, when you said, Oh yeah, you do. You, I knew who you are. Yeah. I was like, what? Like it didn't – it just completely <laughs> – I couldn't – it was hard to process because that party is so oh. – it's like there's that guy and there's that lady and there's him yeah. and she's here. And, and they're talking like, to each other.
2: They know each other? It's yeah. just this craziest oh, – it's crazy. this it craziest is.
1: like celebrity salad yeah. of of people.
2: And if you do get recognized by some other people, it makes you feel like that's the, the opposite of the actor's nightmare. It's the actor's dream. But like right. you just keep walking past – Famous face, and they'll go, "Hi, I love you." Hey, I love you. Oh, I love you. I love you. Everyone's in such a good mood. It's just, it is so freaking. People freak, are holding
1: it? Oscars.
2: Love that. I know. It's
1: just, it's, it's so surreal. Party.
2: But you even, even,
1: I mean, you. This certainly is not your first party of that ilk. So it's funny to me that that still kind of bends your brain in the same way.
2: Yeah, because there are people throughout the year that I love seeing, and I really respect their work, and. I don't think, oh, I wish I could meet them, but suddenly they're in your face. <laughs> they're walking by and you just, I don't know, for me, you jump on them. Right. I well, jumped on, um, oh, sorry, too, you know, Sir Ben Kingsley once. Oh, yes. I really scared him because it was at the uh, <laughs> the Academy Theater that has the long, you know, mile-long rows of seats. Yeah. And he was in the middle and it was before the movie started. And so it was pretty empty. It was way before the movie started. He was early. and I was early, freakishly early. And... uh and I just seen Sexy Beasts a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, I went running at him. And he was watching me coming at him like, someone's, this girl, she's going to kill me. She's going to, who is she? She's going to kill me. <laughs> yeah, you tackle the knight. The knight? So he's a knight, technically. Oh, oh so he's sexy Kingley. beast to me. Oh, yes, of course. He's technically a yes, knight. yes, sorry, yeah. He
1: technically yes. is a knight. I did say, sir. And he's so, he's very soft spoken, <laughs> too. He's yes. light, light and shade. <laughs> Life is all about light, avoiding the shade and finding the light. <laughs> Yes, we, he was on the podcast a couple years ago. And was he? Just, he? And we did it in front of, you know, 2,000 people at Comic-Con. And he was so, he was just so captivating. And everything just sounded like a fucking poem. I'm like, God, how, do you, how are you like that? You know? <laughs> I wonder if he goes home and he's like, all right, turn on the yeah. telly. <laughs>
2: What's on the telly? I don't even know.
1: <laughs> we'll say Benny Hill again. But it's it just, it, it, it's great to hear that. I think it means that you're doing the right thing when you can still be excited by it. Why would you not be? Well, I don't know because there are some people that just, you know. It, for me, my my famous going up to a celebrity story was probably 15 years ago. I I, I ran at Steve Martin, which yeah. is something that he's not super comfortable with. And uh, but you know, it's Steve Martin, I know all the albums. You know, oh my God, Steve Martin. It was at yeah. the Aspen Comedy Festival, and every that was the first time I got real burnt. And he was not rude. He it was just I just saw the shields go up. And he was just like, oh, thank you. You know, it's like yeah. a, a social anxiety. And, yeah. And so uh, th- so I'm very careful now when I go up to people. I don't have any expectation.
2: No. Just, just neither do I.
1: think you're great. Just want yeah. you to know. Have a good night.
2: Yeah. You know? I just can't help it in the moment. Yeah. I just really... Sometimes you'll know they put out a vibe that they're not, you know, they don't want to be talked to.
1: <laughs> right. You
2: know? So you watch them from afar.
1: Right. Yeah. It's like you're knocking on the bathroom stall. <laughs> I think you're great. <laughs> Uh, this is the women's room. I know. I just wanted to say <laughs> yeah. you're great. I don't. I'll, I'll get out of here in a you second. You even
2: pee pretty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> pee pretty is like a great title for a biography. if you're gonna do a biography, I sure pee pretty.
2: Pee pretty. How about yeah. Dr. call?
1: <laughs> it's a great name for that. I would love to, and I hope you don't mind talking about it. But I'm so. I would love. Do you mind if I kind of dig around about SCTV a little bit in those days? Sure, whatever. Because
2: it... – If I can remember anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, because it – you know, in in America, we didn't get uh, – SCTV, I think it was delayed a few years by the time we got it, wasn't it? Does, was SCTV like Probably. originally like 76 to –
2: Wow, the years when you're supposed to... – Marty Short is like, you know, Rain Man about this. He and knows those, all that stuff. The month, the day, the year, yeah. Right. I'm, I'm not good at that, but – uh, yeah, it probably was on in a half-hour form for a while in Canada before. I'm sure before they made a deal to show it here, and then it was on before or after Saturday Night Live or after the Tomorrow Show. Do you remember Tom Snyder? Yeah, of course. I remember Tom Snyder. Yeah, it would be on after that, I think, or It was always on different time slots. There was no consistency to it all. So if you caught it at all, thanks. No, but thanks it, for making the effort. But it was a, <laughs> but it was a big deal here.
1: I mean, I'm sure it was a, a huge deal in Canada. I would assume it was a huge deal in Canada. It was a huge deal here. And uh, and certainly just something that was really diff- different because Saturday Night Live was all about the performance to the audience, you yeah. know, and SCTV was so intimate. Yeah, and I had heard Rick Moranis when Rick Moranis was on, he said it was like, oh, we were shooting in isolation, like there was <laughs> we didn't know anyone was knew anything that we were doing. No, we did it for ourselves. So what was yeah. the what was the in, in seventy in in the seventies? How prevalent in? I mean, I know Toronto had a good comedy scene, but how prevalent was sketch and improv in those days? And was it was it really something that people thought like, "Oh, this is a career I can go do," or was it really kind of groundbreaking at that time?
2: Uh, well, Second City theater had been around already for twenty five years, probably. Oh, was
1: it in that? Chicago? Oh, oh, I thought it was. Oh, right, but in Toronto. I think when
2: it, no, when it opened in Toronto, that that concept had been, you know, right. it existed. Not, you know, I'd seen that kind of thing on TV. There'd been the Committee and Ace Trucking Company and. There was a great show in Canada C B C show that was, you know, great funny um people doing sketch comedy late yeah. at night. Um I was lucky enough my brother started dating Gilda Radner, God bless her, and then <laughs> and then she got into Second City, so you know, I wouldn't have known it existed if I didn't sort of follow her, you know, hang on to her oh coattails. Yeah, so uh, but once you're doing it, it feels like that is your world. So I don't think when we and I think the only reason we really started doing SCTV, the TV show of Second City Theatre, was because, well, they tried it in Chicago a couple of times, I think, with Bill Murray, I think they did, what's it called, Vision? I think it turned into a movie, but it started as an idea, a television show, and it was kind of the same idea, parodying what was on television. But it didn't go anywhere. At that time, it was just the wrong no, time. We're having that I mean, guy. Yeah, whatever happened. Poor boy. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Nobody likes him now. <laughs> I mean, just, yeah. What a slog up a hill! What a
1: <laughs> Sisyphus pushing that boulder up. I sure hope he's okay, I know, Bill. Wherever God you are, appearing it up. Just, just keep
2: working just it, Bill. Keep, you're so brave. Someone's gonna see you. There's someone gonna... <laughs> like what you're doing. Someone. Somewhere.
1: <laughs> I don't know though, but good luck to him <laughs> yes. wherever he is.
2: God bless him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And so he was doing that. Well, show they were, yeah. There were
2: people who were in that cast at that time at Second City, Chicago. You know, st- anyway, sorry, it wasn't a totally brand new concept of doing a television show, obviously. And then Saturday Night Live. I think our producer wanted to give it a shot because Saturday Night Live started up and was doing really well. I was like, wait a minute, why aren't we doing this? We have yeah. this bank of people that have been doing imp- imp- improvisation and writing their own material for years. Why don't we? Why don't I grab them now before someone else grabs them? Because a lot of the people on Saturday Night Live were from Second City. Right. You know? um, anyway, so, yeah. So it was, didn't seem, I guess to us, it didn't seem like we were doing anything groundbreaking. But but I like that you say it was. Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs>
1: at least it it certainly seems so from my point of view. It was such a fertile time for comedy. It just seemed like so many, you know, the, the idea of... Um, that I mean, not, not to say, like, comedy was never around before then, but that <laughs> yeah. style of comedy, you know, I feel like was very different and raw and, you know, whereas SNL was just a bunch of random sketches. You know, SCTV had a real, like, a mold, like, a real shell to it. It's like, this is this TV station and here's a guy that runs it and we all play... Characters in this world,
2: yeah, and it yeah. allowed
1: you guys to spin off and do a lot of different stuff.
2: right, and, and then when we got into the 90 minute shows later with NBC, then we had to fill it out even more, so then we got into you know what we call them wraparounds, you know we just have some story that involved backstage characters or whatever. then we just you have to break the rules because <laughs> how many parodies? I mean, and everything on TV now, except your shows, has become parodies of themselves. <laughs> it's Like, what are you parody? It's already a parody.
1: Everything is. Yeah, well, all wow. of it is. Well, because there's just so much entertainment now. Yes. It's like we're almost. It's it's good and it's bad. It's great because oh, there's a lot of great entertainment, and it's bad. It's like there's so much.
2: I know there is. Wow. Just a yeah. Glut. Talk about a fertile fertile ground for comedy. It's everywhere now. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. And everyone
2: can create from their homes and get it out there. With the internet and you can be seen. Imagine the old days, you'd just dream, like, someday, someday. <laughs> I'm sure if
1: someone picks me to be I'll on get the television? Some,
2: yeah. <laughs> How do I meet that person who meets <laughs> that person who gets, yeah.
1: But what, you know, um, one of the things that I have always loved about the what you do is that you. You are so, you, you, whatever the character is, or whatever it is, or even Kate McAllister Callister, who's just a mom, like, she wasn't like a, she wasn't like a, like a, D, a Delia Dietz, you know, she was a mom. Yeah. But she was so, like, the choices, it feels like you make very definitive choices, this is who this character is. And you seem fully committed to it, and <laughs> you do
2: that is the job,
1: yeah. yeah, I know, but that you know not everyone does that, no. so was that a oh. I, I, is is that is that that's I imagine second city tools
2: coming yeah. into play, and honestly, my family, my mom was really good at that telling stories of what happened in the day, you know to her and she later she sold real estate, and she would imitate the people who she <laughs> you know spoke to all day, and she was really good at it. And, uh, you know, I come from a family of seven kids, and, and the way to get attention at the table was to, you know, come up with some, something funny. Um, so, you know, my mom and dad – and my dad would tell jokes. He was more, you know, punchline uh, – jokes and punchlines. But, um, but yeah, I was definitely encouraged at home. Yeah, and then I was lucky enough to get into Second City. Yeah, once you – if you do that kind of work, you know, in your early 20s – and I got in when I was 19 or 20 into Second City Theater. I was really lucky um, – It's very encouraging. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and you get to, you know, you develop, you go in on somebody else's show, you know, you take someone's part, but then that first night you do improvs after the show and you start right then developing your material for that next show. So you're encouraged to express whatever you think is funny or whatever you think is important. And that's an amazing thing to be able to, you know, have the opportunity to do at that age because it's such a great cocky age. Yeah. I really do think that you could run the world better. Than whoever's running at the moment <laughs> might be true. Yeah, yeah. Oh dear. Oh God, bless us. Um, <laughs> uh, but at that age, you really, you know, you're you have great blind confidence.
1: I well, mean, if you're lucky. And what was the? So at that time, you know, especially with an ensemble cast, did you find that? Um, how many how many female members of the troupe were there when you signed on?
2: It was never more than two. Never Unless more than two. Unless they went two. up to, I think maybe for a short period, they went up to a nine. Not in any cast I was in, I don't think, but maybe went up to a nine. And then it would be six guys and three girls. But it was generally four or five guys and two girls.
1: Did you ever feel like you had to fight to get yeah. good characters in? <laughs> otherwise, like, you be the wife. And you're like, oh, yeah. okay, come on, guys. That would
2: be then, uh, uh, you know, in, in, on stage it would be then... Robin and Catherine come in as one person. Basically. And then Andrea and Catherine come in on SCTV. And then Andrea come in, Andrea and Catherine come in. It was like, we were talking about this last week because I actually, I actually got together with the old SCTV castmates. And we were laughing about, we come in as one brain. <laughs> but the stronger we got in our writing, you know, when we went in, we went in on kind of weak footing. You know, the guys were kind of running it. And I don't think at the beginning we were paid as writers. Even though we were writing, we'd all right. written at Second City Theater, but somehow the TV show is not equal in that way. Just the times, you know, and it's all changed. Thank God. Yeah. You know, there's people like Tina Fey who's so smart and running the show, and I love her. Um, uh, you know, but at the time we were kind of we just we weren't fighters, I guess. You know, but it you know we grew as time went on. We got confident and we're like, wait a minute. This isn't how it should work. I feel like I wrote
1: this (laughs) thing that didn't exist before I put the words down. I
0: think I have ideas. (laughs) (laughs) It may be girly, but that's okay.
1: So how is that not discouraging? And how is that? How do you in that in that instance? How are you, you know, pushing forward and being like, well, this doesn't seem fair. But I, you know,
2: I think I. It took me a while to think it wasn't fair. Even you know, just I was so excited to have the job. To actually, get paid for what I thought felt like goofing off, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's kind of lame that way. Yeah, <laughs> lame brain. So it took a while. It's only like now I'm going. Wait a second.
1: <laughs> Do you, was there a lot of improv going on on the show, or is it is it pretty well was on it, SCTV? Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. But we we wrote the scripts, but then because we wrote them, <laughs> we we're kind of producing ourselves. And we had a great collaborative director for most of the shows. John Blanchard ended up being our director for all the last years. And oh, he went on. He, he did so, Kids in the Hall, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, Mad TV, mm-hmm. he did for a while. Yeah, yep. he was great. Um, he was collaborative. But we basically ran the show. And so if something wasn't working on the set, yeah, we had the freedom to change it, fix it, do whatever, you know, try to come up with something else. We, you know, we'd help each other in performance, you know, if we were losing it. Joe Flaherty was very good at, you know try putting your tongue at the top of your mouth. It would help you get, when you're imitating somebody. I remember that was, I don't even remember who I was trying to do, but I wasn't quite getting her. And he said, try, just put, you know, notes like that. It's like, oh, thank you. You know, so we all, it was very collaborative with all of us, really out to kind of help each other and, Help each other do our best.
1: When it it's got a nice,
2: nice, nice atmosphere.
1: When you felt like it was getting out, of, you know, it started out okay. Hey, we're just in, you know, in rural Canada, just making this thing <laughs> for ourselves, and all of a sudden, people are noticing, and then you're doing stuff for NBC. Does that put an entirely different spin? Are, are you guys like, oh shit? Uh, okay, we now we I guess we got to pay attention more. or I don't know. Does it put more pressure, or do you sort of feel like well, you've been boot camped?
2: No, the big difference I think when it became NBC was they kept sending producers from New York to try to oversee us and keep us in line and then they started talking about TVQ, which oh, We never, you know, who, yeah, who's yeah. the strongest personality in the show? So, oh, what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. What a great thing to do to an ensemble cast. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. "Well, let's just start dividing people now." Which one now. is
2: going to break out? Oh, yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, there was that kind of I guess professional TV talk that we hadn't been uh, subjected to before that. Did you
1: did you kind of look at everyone as were you able to identify like okay you know Joe Flaherty's superpower is this and I do this and Andrea does this and John and Martin does this like were you able to sort of figure out like who's you know like who had whatever their comedy weapons were the best
2: I guess certain people you would go to maybe without even thinking about it if I was having trouble with something writing something I'd go to you know maybe Eugene for story or something he was a very good Eugene was consistently good writer and wrote a lot of great group pieces. Yeah. You know, some people really took care of themselves and wrote great solo pieces. Eugene always wrote great group pieces and took care of everyone. And I tried to do that, but with less experience, but yeah, um, Yeah, I would say Eugene was good at that. Uh, Rick was way ahead of everybody technology. His VJ was a VJ before VJs existed. It was Jerry Todd. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> they did, there was no MTV when he did that. <laughs> he was way ahead. Uh, yeah. Joe was very good at. Well, he'd been a director at Second City Theater. He was very good at uh, you know helping each other, helping everyone else with the performances, and yeah, everyone had their strengths. Uh, Marty, uh, his material would never make sense in the room at the read through, but everybody go, yeah, we know it's going to be funny. Go ahead, because
1: he'll just perform the shit yeah. out of it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, and I don't know. It's like you just see it when he does it. You'd really see it, and we knew that we trusted. You know that uh, that's what was going to happen.
1: I mean, it's funny to me that that people from New York were coming because Canadian comedy is it's not the same. It's not American (laughs) comedy. So, like, to have an American come in and go, well, here's what you should do, and here's who this is. I mean, I don't know how you pitch. I still remember uh, Circus Lupus, the Circus of Wolves. Like, how do you pitch that? There was like, it was just like a commercial. Sounds like a Dave Thomas idea. And but I I think it was Eugene Eugene's voice doing this voiceover, and it was just these mirrored images of wolves and like a circus ball in between them. Yeah, it was just you know we didn't historically we didn't do that kind of like. A non sequitur sort of you know in america i guess i don't know the comedy was just a little bit different well so, did
2: you watch body python of course I think we were really influenced by that yeah I think yes canadians are probably more influenced by, by british, british comedy yeah, absolutely
1: a hundred percent and they
2: led the roof you know they led the charge on all of that led the charge What are we talking? <laughs> no led they the did way. they led the way
1: but yeah. you you um didn't you get hired on snl briefly and then go back to SCTV or no? Yeah. What I'm happened?
2: proud of that. That's sad. Why? I don't know because SCTV kind of closed down for a while and then uh, I got asked to be in the cast and I went there and it was before any show was shot, you know, before before we were on the air. And It was just kind of in those weeks of writing and, and then Andrew, and the producer of SCTV, called and said, oh, I got another deal with, I guess I got another deal with NBC or I got another deal. It was like, oh. Oh, okay. Let me talk to these people. Sorry, I made a mistake. I gotta go back. I gotta go back to my friends. <laughs> nice studio, though. Yeah, yeah nice. nice. Thanks, anyways. <laughs> that was terrible. That's not very professional of me. So
1: no, but I'm not but proud of that. I, actually, I think it's kind of nice that you did. You, you have the choice to like. You decided you would, you would. You just wanted to be back with your friends and back yeah. with that. Yeah.
2: I mean, he called me and and said we're getting back together. <laughs> Where are you? I'm um, nowhere. <laughs> Yeah, in New York. What are you doing there? Oh, nothing. Yeah, so I left.
1: But you still had friend, cuz Gilda was on the show at that point. No, or, no, 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 she wasn't no, on yet.
2: No, it was Eddie Murphy was, yeah, Oh, oh, this was in. 80s. This was like 82, yeah, yeah, 83. Yeah, it
1: was later. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, that was right after yeah, Eddie Murphy. Yeah, when um, Lorne Michaels left, and then Dick Ebersol came in, and then they there was this like there was like this new SNL cast. Yeah, and people were a little like, "What? Well, what's this?" You know, because Bill Murray was gone. Yeah, yeah. Everyone... yeah it was
2: Dick Ebersol years. Yes, right, right, right.
1: Yeah, and then but Eddie Murphy was like the beginning of the Eddie Murphy yes. Joe Piscopo era. Yes, so that's yes. when you okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. Maybe he wasn't even in. Did he was he already in or going in? I, uh, I don't know. I know that next cast was Robin Duke and Julie Louise Dreyfuss yes. and Mary Gross and. Joe Piscopo and Eddie Murphy, right? And Robin, Perry. Robin did.
1: Dub, she did SCTV as well, yeah. right? Yeah,
2: yeah, In yeah. Second City Theater, and we met in grade nine, high school. What? We were friends since then, yeah.
1: So basically, it's uh, all these all these comedy people were sort of rubbing up against each other in some yeah. in some way. Yeah. I mean, did you uh, did you work a lot with? Gilda in the th- or was was you separate were you a separate company from her?
2: No, I I replaced her. <laughs> well, attempted I attempted to replace her. Yeah, she went on to do. I I uh, Joe Flaherty was directing that cast. Uh, Rosemary Radcliffe was the other girl, Toronto actress, and Gilda. They were the two women. Yeah, the three or four guys in the cast. Yeah, and uh, Gilda got hired for National Lampoon, but Chicago and Toronto Second City cast did a trade, so the Chicago cast played the Toronto stage and. Toronto cast went and I went with them we all went to and, and Danny was in the cast Aykroyd, and mm-hmm. Eugene and John Candy got and uh, Joe and then uh, Rosemary and Gilda and I went with them as their understudy and Gilda did the first two weeks in Chicago and then she went to National Lampoon and then shortly after that got hired for Saturday Night Live um, so I got to go into the cast right then yeah and that was Oh, my God. I hate man. I didn't go to college, but I was very lucky. And those are the good old Fuck days. Fuck college. You... This is yeah, great. Yeah, really. Those are the days where you'd come in off the street. If you did a good audition, you could get in the cast. Now you have to go through the
1: years of classes. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a yeah. – there's a little yeah. bit of an infrastructure to yeah. it. Yeah. Well, there's but... no room in level three, <laughs> but if you
2: take level two again – Yeah, They, I think they got that idea from Groundlings. Yeah, They'd I – They've been think... doing that for years. Yeah. Yeah. But so I did get to do improvs with Gilda. Yes. So yeah, and so lovely, and I got to hang out with her at our house because my brother Marcus was dating her for a couple of years, and she would come to Sunday dinner. And
1: oh my god, they were
2: working in this small theater Global Village in Toronto together. I think that's where they met. And then she did Godspell, mm-hmm. and that's a real big second city Godspell, you know, Saturday Night Live New York connection because it was Paul Schaefer and Eugene and uh, Dave and. Marty at all like met years ago at college and or university and then they did uh, Godspell yeah Gilden Victor Re- uh, Victor Garber and all they're just they're all still really tight friends Andrea oh, wow. yeah Dave Thomas did I say him yeah anyway sorry yeah I just kind of I was there on the periphery you think so well kind of until I guess till later yeah when did you start no to- now I'm one of the big guns <laughs> now I'm a big gun now <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I was really I was in high school. I went to see uh, Godspell and I, you know, because of my brother's connection, we got to hang out with the cast afterwards. Robin Duke and I did and we were just like sitting there staring at them like, oh, oh, to be them one day.
1: Was it just was it comedy in particular or you wanted to perform? Like was it was it specifically comedy? I think it was comedy,
2: comedy yeah. What
1: yeah. were you influenced like when you were growing up? What did you what did you like?
2: Oh, Carol Burnett mm-hmm. and uh Lucy, Lucille Ball, uh, yeah, who else? Uh, Lily Tomlin, of course. Yeah. And yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Laughing. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. Yeah.
1: Did you meet? And I. Why? Well, I'm, sure, I'm. I assume you know Lily Tomlin. But did you ever meet Lucille Ball? Did you ever meet any?
2: Lucille Ball. I met mean, once. I did. A, it was terrible. It was during a writer strike, and I got called by this producer that we'd worked with briefly, the SCTV cast, and he said he was doing a Steve Allen show, and would I come as a writer? And I did. It was like trying a strike. Right. <laughs> i not supposed to do that. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I wasn't in the guild then. And uh, yeah, I went and worked on a Steve Allen show. And then I ended up performing a couple of bits with Tom Leopold, one of the, writer, oh, wow. the other writers on the cast. He talked us into acting in the show. I don't know. And then um, Lucille Ball was one of the guests. And and someone told me afterwards that when I was on stage, she was on the side of the stage. She was, she's good.
1: Oh. <laughs> I like her.
2: So, so, so I love her. No, I'm, I'm sorry, what was her that, her. Lucille? I said, I, I
1: got, <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <okay. laughs> I got, I got, to play at the club, <laughs> I got, I to play at the club. of oh, well, <laughs> so We, we kind of make those jokes because our, yeah. our At Midnight stage is the original I Love Lucy stage. Oh,
2: it is? Yeah. Aww. And so,
1: you know, we're <laughs> we're basically, uh, on a night show, we'll just make like 50 dick jokes and be like, honoring the <laughs> tradition <Yes>. that <laughs> Lucille Ball put forth.
2: <laughs> Yeah. Comedy. She was a genius.
1: That's she it. Well, was she was yeah, a genius. Really? I mean, it. You know, it. There's. It, it's so funny that you when you're when you're performing with your friends and you always think like, yeah, we're really doing it. We're really making something different. You look back and you're like, ah, fuck. There was like a whole other. Yeah. I guess they already. It's did. always been they, around. They, they did stuff. Yeah. I everyone's didn't, I didn't funny. invent the shit. Yeah. I guess no, and
2: yeah. everyone's funny with their friends. I think.
1: But when did you start to really lock into it and feel like? comfortable on stage you know that they could just throw you into a scene and and then you could just go like how long did that take
2: well i was just going on blind cockiness i think at the beginning so (laughs) i didn't think about it yeah you just do it when you're improvising every night like that it just kind of it's well it's great to be with other really talented people you know you just kind of carry carry you you get carried for a while and then you pitch in yeah but everyone I i don't know it just it's fun it's so much fun and really it's all supported by you know if i was working with a bunch of weak people i wouldn't be very good i don't think at all but i've been very lucky working with good smart talented people and i try to seek seek that out
1: but also the you know that just sort of lives and dies by your collaboration you know your ability to work as a team yeah was that a skill set that you had to learn working within that group
2: no it- I don't know. Maybe it helps that I come from a big family. Yeah. Or maybe I could have come from a big family and wanted to be alone. I don't know. But I would rather be with... I like being part of a fun gang. Yeah. A fun, funny gang. Yeah. Yeah. No, when I see one-man shows or one-woman shows, I think they are the loneliest people. make. <laughs> 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 I swear, they almost always make me cry. Like, <laughs> like, don't oh, they have any friends they couldn't could couldn't find with? <laughs> anyone to play all these characters? Yeah. You had to be all these characters? Why would you want to do that?
1: Well, I think for some people, it's more the... Uh, I I play all the characters in my show, like
2: well, Gangers, you know. Or you could work with friends.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Friends.
2: What's that word? I know that. Share the limelight. My (laughs) stomach hurts. My stomach. Martin Short tours with. He also tours with Steve Martin, but he tours with a solo show too. But he always gathers people to be on stage (laughs) with him. He doesn't want to be alone. It'll be called the Martin Short Show, but he'll be surrounded by. Lots yeah. of funny people.
1: God, there's a that that guy in particular too. In just, you know, it's sometimes you can really see when you're watching comedy, and you know, you get a little analytical, and you go, "Okay, I see where that came from, and I see where that joke came from." And you know, there's people like you and people like Martin Short, where I go, "Where did that come from?" Oh, and yeah. I and I can't track it. <laughs> you know, like it's like that's just some just isolated part of your brain, and it, you know,
2: even more so, Marty, I'd say than me. Yeah, no, he's really out there. He's just such a man in a child's body.
1: <laughs> I mean, still, he's, you know, I was, I was watching his uh, Var- the Variety show that he had on NBC last year, and he's just like, yeah. just bounces around stage still. I and it's no,
2: like, He does that in life. Yeah. To make a point, he'll be standing on the table. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, listen to you if you sit, you know. We will, I swear.
1: But isn't it remarkable just- that everyone went on to do stuff? Like everyone from that core group went on to like everyone popped. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just like oh this person, and then but kind of left. Every like everyone really blossomed and flourished. I yeah, mean,
2: pretty lucky, yeah.
1: What do you? But obviously, it wasn't just luck. Like, what was? What do you think the the like the component was that really drove that?
2: <laughs> I wish it? I knew. Sorry. <laughs> maybe you have the answer. I
1: don't know. I mean, it's not an accident. You know, like maybe one person can get it, but everyone all kind of going off.
2: Well, you know, I say I didn't go to university, but I did go to great college of comedy. Yeah, you know, there's a, so much to learn. So if you're with really good people like that, you're just learning and getting better and forcing each other to get better.
1: When you think back, when you think back to that, it, is there anything in particular that kind of stands out? Like, how do you think of it? Like, when you, how do you picture it when you think of it? Oh dear. What are some of your like fond memories or snapshots of, of that time?
2: Um. I think of uh, – well, I would say it's a lot of laughs, definitely a lot of laughs. But it was so intense in a great way. It's like that was my life. In fact, when I quit SCTV, I quit so that I could get a life. <laughs> 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 everyone else was – you know, a lot of them were married and having kids by then. Andrea was on her second child and everybody else had at least two kids. And I was like, what am I doing? And when I quit, I wept about it. My Dad was so disappointed. My mom and dad were so disappointed, and my dad especially because he loved going to work and recapping the scenes from the show with his friends at work. And I felt like I was so disappointing them, but it was so great and intense. Like there was nothing more important other than coming up with funny bits. <laughs> like, what a great way to spend every hour of the day, you know? And we'd we'd you know we'd go back to one of our places after a show uh at the theater or working on the TV show, and. You know, or we go out to dinner, and then we go back to one of our places and just keep drinking and just making each other laugh. Kind of maybe coming out with bits that would never get used, but it's just such a you know, it's like anybody when they're really comfortable with their friends. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just lovely kinship, and <laughs> you know, just. And and but doing it with really talented people, I don't know. It's, well,
1: I wonder if that's also fine. it was the, fun
2: and intense.
1: I wonder if that's also part of the Canadian element of it too, because it feels like when you talk about I, mean, I hear stories about SNL, it just feels like ah, it's a it's a Shark Tank, and you're just trying to get your bits on, and Lauren might cut them, and you don't know, and then there are, it's you got to find the right writer to work with, and you got to get on it, and it just doesn't. It doesn't feel as, it doesn't sound as collaborative. I mean, I've yeah, never worked there, so yeah. I, I don't know. But what you're describing is just like, hey, we're all friends and we're, you know, this, we kind of all came up together and we all worked together yeah. and it does, it just feels like a completely separate experience.
2: It does, yeah. Well, I'm romanticizing it too. It was hell. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, no, of course we had fights and we had problems and all that, you know, we were growing individuals who were trying to maintain an ensemble and as you get older that becomes more difficult I think because you start honing in on things you'd like to do you know and then other people are just getting in the way of that (laughs) right kind of or you decide maybe wrongly but you decide where you'd like to go and so you're kind of you know it's like leaving home sure you've got this tug of Ooh, could I leave? Could I survive on my own? I don't know. We did have problems, definitely. But we didn't have that same pressure of trying to put a live show together. Right. You know, once you... I've hosted twice, Saturday Night Live, and once you get on the track, there's no turning back. And the, from the read-through to what's picked to go on the show, I couldn't find follow the logic of it, you know, because I don't run that show and I don't know how it works really, but... You know you'd hear pieces in the read through, and you'd go, "Oh wow, that's great yeah, let's work on that and then you'd get the listen that wouldn't those pieces would not be in there, other pieces wouldn't they would eventually get to be you know something other than what they were at read through, but there's a lot of politics, good and bad I guess that are involved in that we didn't have that same because we would kind of log a bunch of material and then put it into a show sure so it wasn't that we didn't have that same kind of pressure Do we you just weren't as big or famous, you know
1: well, also you also had the ability to edit it and hone it and, yeah. and really, you know, but I guess were you guys doing any of the stuff live? Were you testing anything live and then shooting it? No. No.
2: No. No. Well, <laughs> and when we edited or put music in or anything, we had a hand in that. That's, you know, it's such great training and it spoiled us in a lot of ways for any work after that. Oh, sure. Yeah, because you, you know, I've done, we were doing a pilot. It just shocked me doing a, a comedy, half hour pilot and standing there and the director and the writers and showrunners are, are talking about what to you know, how to fix a moment and I'm a couple of times I got in trouble because I say, Well what if we and they looked at me like, Why are you speaking right now? I was like oh, shit. oh I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Luckily I was just a guest on the pilot. <laughs> oh, okay. So I was around. Right, I was like, Okay, thanks. No thank you. And that scared me off of doing any kind of half hour thing and so Eugene called. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, you got to be careful who you're working with cuz that that the way that works is just so different from the way I was trained. It's a machine
1: like that that sitcom, succumb- and it's even and it's changing so much now because you know, and because I know obviously Schitt's Creek is a single camera, yeah. which is not is di- you know, it's different than going and it's, you know, it's like oh, okay, we're f- four cameras, there's the yeah. audience, the warm-up guy, the you know. Yeah. I mean, you guys I guess you have the ability to really play with stuff. You know, get it the way, get it the way you like it.
2: Yeah. Fortunately, we're starting with good scripts, but yeah, if something's not quite making it or if something you're inspired to come up with something else, we're. You know, I feel free to do that, yeah. which is great. Yeah.
1: I mean, when when you're when you're working with Eugene, does it feel like it always felt, or does it feel different each time, or how's it's, the?
2: Oh, it's definitely a lovely familiarity. Yeah, from those years, and we do help each other. We'll laugh at each other for flailing. Or
1: not. <laughs> 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 not doing well. See,
2: you know, after seeing you go, uh, Catherine, remind me of who my character is. Oh yeah, thanks, Eugene. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of lost it, didn't I? You know. <laughs>
1: But you can't Aww. give too much shit because you can always go, hey, she's pretty good out there. <laughs> Lucille Ball said oh, I was really funny. She likes me. She like she me. Like me. <laughs> uh, blood, I need blood. <laughs> she <laughs> <just feels> like, <laughs> <laughs> said, poor? Poor Lucille Ball. You're making fun of her in her own studio. We're not.
2: We're not. You we're are. Not. Well, I'm no, not. You made me. Oh, I've got nothing to do with it. I was ready
1: to respect.
2: This, oh and no! You. you were well, like, all I did was say her name. Do the voice. You, you, did the voice you did the voice first. You
1: did the voice first. You went first. To the juggler. No, but you did the. <coughs> bar, bar, bar. And then.
2: Well, I was sincerely trying to imitate her. I
1: was yes, ending you.
2: I, I, was, I had to. I was honoring her by trying to do I it. I
1: just didn't do it. Honoring right. her as a bloodthirsty <laughs> undead creature. What's the problem?
2: There was a biography of her. I think it was by her daughter. Yep. And at the beginning of the book, she tells, oh, I've done this so many times. It's the best. It's a trick. It's a thing a bit Lucille Ball used to do at a dinner party. Say someone goes to the bathroom and someone comes back in the room and she turns to somebody else in the room, referring to the person who's just come back in the room and said, well, here he is now. Why don't you say to his face? <laughs> <laughs> and the person who comes into the room will look at that person and go, what? And that person says, what? And they go, what? What? No, What? What? that's fantastic oh it's the best
1: you know to be super famous in those days where there was just no accountability for anything and you could just fuck with people and not like what a great what a weird fun time
2: you can do that now okay i guess you can't put it online don't
1: put it online how
2: don't do you go online much no i don't oh i do yeah unfortunately
1: (laughs) but you don't go on but are you social media much
2: no Sorry, no.
1: Yeah, I don't point it. Get, me.
2: so don't need any disciples.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> followers. Why is it called followers? That's, I don't know. What are we saying?
1: I, I know.
2: Oh, I know. come on.
1: I think disciples is funnier, by the way. I think it should be <sighs> well, disciples. Well, because
2: it is followers. Disciple, apostles. Why why would you want followers? Well, no, I'm lucky. I've had enough attention in my life. Not enough yet. No, but no, But I no, have no, had no. lots. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not saying I'm finished with it, but, <laughs> but I, yeah, I don't need that. I don't know. I think it's sad. Sorry. I know I'm going to sound like an old woman, but I don't know. The phones have made young people. They've given them an extremely false sense of self-importance. Sure. That's not going to serve them.
1: No. No. The
2: world does not really actually work that way. <laughs> Look what I'm doing. Look what I'm eating.
1: Uh, Look I have where I went. Thousands of friends. <laughs> You ever meet any of those in person? No.
2: No. But they, but they like follow me.
1: me. I put up pictures of my, Aww. I put tonneau polish on and they watch me, they look at my face. Yeah, I don't know. It's a strange time. It's a really strange time. It's and, good,
2: too. It's well, good for you, shopping. It's good for research. It's good for settling an argument. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> it? Well, let me look that up.
1: It's good for starting an
2: argument. No, yeah, for sure. <laughs> if you yeah. want to start an argument with someone you don't That's, know for no reason. What do you get sucked? In? Do you get sucked into anything online?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I sort of have that kind of obsessive brain that they come, many people tend to have. And so, you know, it's... Yeah. I can read, like, nine good things and then one person just says something kind of sideways. I'm like, what
2: is that for? Oh, about what, your in? material, your work? Oh, yeah, or... Oh, or, yeah, or or don't, Yeah, don't go there. Or even... <gasps> or, it,
1: But it, it it is different than even just my... If they say something about anything, yeah. I'm like... But, yeah, I mean, believe me, I am focusing myself a lot. But, I mean, uh, <laughs> I don't want to pretend like that's <laughs> no, not... I've
2: looked at myself. Don't the, worry. Yes. Yes. Oh,
1: you don't want to read comments. No, 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 no. But, but it is... You know, I started implementing this thing where I don't go on social media when I go home because... You know, my wife, like, it's whatever's happening is not her fault, and I just don't want to be all grumpy. And she's like, what's yeah. wrong? Nothing. You know? Yeah, There's nothing.
2: Doesn't generally make you happier.
1: No, 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 no. No. <laughs>
2: no. Are you on everything? You have to be with all your yeah, projects. I, I you am. I am. But but yeah. but it
1: but I'm trying to find that balance between you – because know, I really do like it. I, I love it in theory. But it's just sometimes I, it gets so granular that I go, Well, oh, I think this is toxic. This might be... Too much of this is a little toxic.
2: There's a lot of angry people out there. Yeah. God bless them. How f- They're so frustrated and, and angry. And then there wow. is sort of this
1: conservation of emotional energy where it's like that's transferred to you and then you transfer it to someone and then that gets transferred and it just... Yeah, you know. And it the doesn't one, foster conversations.
2: No. Well, the one thing it teaches you, especially in the world of comments, is that you can't take any of the good seriously either. No. Don't take cause <laughs> there's always the bad to go with it. And sure. If you give that any you weight, you're going to have to give that side absolutely. Too, so forget it. Yeah. So just, yeah. So you you I've always been kind of a follower as far as work goes. I follow, you know, if somebody offers me something, I think about it, I take <laughs> it or don't, but you really create your own projects, don't you? Who me? Yeah. Wow, yeah, wow. Well, that was That's just great. from being um, how do you have that motivation to do that?
1: Well, it was just it was just being mercilessly rejected for so many years <laughs> where I was just like,
2: Well, fuck you guys, I'll just make my own
1: stuff, you know. But
2: you actually do it. A lot of people feel that way, but they don't come up with any material. They don't come up with the projects. Yeah, wow. I don't
1: know. I just I just don't like Great. I, I I like feeling like I'm at least someone in control. It's why I love stand up because ultimately, yeah. and I, I loved sketch and improv, but you still have to rely on other people to be yeah. there. Yeah, you do, and to be as checked in as you are. Yeah, and it's like a band. It's like keeping a band. How do people keep a band together? You know. <laughs> but I just like not having to rely on anyone. So I just you know the internet was very helpful. Wow. If I didn't have the internet, I don't. I think I would still just be making stuff alone, and I'd be driving it around, and be like, "Do you want to see this <laughs> videotape I made?" You know, I like it would be like that. Well,
2: it is great for getting your ideas out there. Oh yeah. my lord, good yeah. and good and bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but for getting the world to see what you're doing, and yeah, yeah. definitely. Do you
1: like the? How, what is the difference to, when you when you take a job that you you know like okay, I'm going to do this job? Do you prefer? something with a really strong character hook or do you like to bring a strong character hook to it or do you like doing stuff where you're just a, uh, you know, just a person, you know, without a really strong, like the Delia Dietzes versus yeah. the the Kate McAllister's. <laughs> like what are the, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, it's, uh, I think most humans are kind of inherently funny. They may not know it. Right. But they are. And and it's nice to have that to grab onto some kind of humor within the character, even if it's dramatic you know story that they're involved in um but i guess i'm drawn to good writing and storytelling and or just sometimes just stupid funny sure whatever um not to be lofty because it is always great storytelling <laughs> 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 um yeah it's 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 fun to develop a character to be inspired by something on the page i think oh i know who this could be you know and then start working on that and you know, and I often think of people I know and then exaggerate or think of myself on a good day or a bad day, mostly a bad day. <laughs> you know, the worst I've felt or the most self-conscious I've felt. Sure. It's fun to draw on that and bring it to life. Kind Yeah, it's fun. It was, um, you know, doing the Chris Guest movies that I was involved in, I did four of them. I've seen um, them. That's fun where – what's that? I've seen oh, them. Oh, you've seen them? Good. Um, you know, that starts with just basically scene outlines and no dialogue and, and – uh, You know, there's a lot in the outline to inspire your character, and they'll have a run – like in um, Best in Show, they had the running gag of my character uh, running into guys who had the best sex of their lives, (laughs) which I wish I could have background for every character I play, (laughs) but that's not one. Um, So there are great running gags that are inspiring, but otherwise, it's all up to you to create a character, and that's scary and really exciting. And then you just go in and, again, work with really good people, so you're all – Improvising for the sake of the scene, and you know what the sake of the scene is. You know what the scene's about because you right. have the scene outline, and Chris will keep you in line. Chris Guest will keep you in line on that too. Um, but yeah, it's really. I think just people are really human beings are interesting, and it's fun to try to present a real person that isn't that I think isn't me.
1: Well, that's you know what's with the Chris Guest movies though, you know because sometimes. You might just be the only like really out there fringe character, you know, with a huge personality in a scene. But with that, everyone is a really strong character. So yeah. how does how do how does everyone not kind of like bump into each other and and knock each other down?
2: Because uh, they're all good at it. Yeah. I don't know. They just are. And also, we shoot on those movies, they shoot like 90 minutes, 90 hours. Oh I God. cut it down to 90 minutes. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of material <laughs> you'll never see. Yeah. It's just improvising for days.
1: Yeah. And do those, those, move, do, do, do those movies feel as fun? Because I think part of what's appealing about them is it just, you as an audience member go, all these people know each other. Yeah. They love working together. It seems like it's fun. It seems like it's fun.
2: Yeah, to, it to is. do. Oh, it's really fun to watch scenes you're not in. Yeah. Yeah. And often in those, you know, like say, like, I keep saying best in show, you know, or Waiting for Guffman, Guffman, where it becomes where you're all together in the room. Actually, we weren't Waiting for Guffman more often than not. We kind of moved around in a group, you know, the, yeah. the group of players in uh, within uh, Waiting for Guffman. And you know, then, then they'll say, oh, OK, there's a scene happening between you two. But you're in the room. You're on, on the set. And just watching people either flail, that's actually more fun, <laughs> um, or just blow you away with, you know, we accuse each other, come on, you wrote notes, you made, you thought of that ahead of time. Oh, how did I know what he was going to say? No, you know, just to watch all that come out of people's brains is pretty great. You know? Most of the people, I think, who do really well at that are actually writers, too. Right. Because in 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 your mind, you always have a sense of where the scene is going to and where it's supposed to go, so it isn't just about my character and I'm going to say this and get this joke out. you know you know what it's in what context it's supposed to be right and exist and and it's all give and take and again, I think good people like that rely on each other because you feed each other so much I think your characters become your characters the more you work with the other characters right. you know. I think of that, especially, I think, with Best in Show, where Eugene and I saw each other, Jerry and Cookie Fleck, we were. (laughs) Um, We saw each other basically in hair and makeup on the first day of shooting. And we looked at each other like, so that's who you are. (laughs) Okay, let me rework what I had in my head about who we, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so then you just, you go with it.
1: Don't you find there's a difference, though, between... Because sometimes stuff can be really funny in the writer's room. You know, where yeah. it's like you're everyone's just fucking dying. You're like, oh, this is amazing. And then you <laughs> put it on camera, you put it in front of people, and you're like, oh,
2: I don't know. Yeah. What,
1: what happened? You know, I don't what, know. What happened? What, so,
2: yeah, what, happened?
1: But you, <laughs>
2: <laughs> what did happen there? I don't
1: know. Do you get a better sense of calibrating that stuff? You know, when you're writing, go, oh, this might just be funny to us. Or do you just kind of try everything and see what works?
2: Well, you trust each other to say... That might work in something else, but not this, right? Right. (laughs) You know, or uh, Eugene's great at giving it the time, and I've learned to not just keep badgering him (laughs) (laughs) because he takes his time with everything. And and uh, you know, I'll say, "Hey, Eugene, what if we do? What if we do this?" But he will never. He'll think about it, and he'll come back to you with a really good reason why it works, Mm -hmm. or a really good reason why it's not going to work. So I trust him in that way. He's Whereas really other methodical. people will just – their head will be somewhere else and they'll go, no. And you go, oh, come on. I knew your head was somewhere else and I'm going to bring it up to you again because I know this <laughs> idea is going to work. You know, But with Eugene, you, I trust that he'll go away and think about it. And Daniel, his son, seems to work the same way. Wow. Um, smart boys. Uh, but yeah, I think you wouldn't want to be surrounded by yes men. Right, but maybe you are because you run your own shows, right? So you just get people writing. <laughs> yes, Chris.
1: Mm, no, I mean, not, <laughs> no, no. You're... Well, no, but, it, no. You, but but that is a, but that is a a thing that you worry about. But I also, <laughs> but especially on this show, the the writing staff is great, yeah. and so I trust I trust them. Yeah, and you know, if I throw something out and they don't. Like, I mean, I don't, I personally don't care where the best joke comes from. I just want the best joke to get on somewhere. I don't care if I say it or if someone else says it. Well, I don't know. I just don't, I just like comedy. So maybe it's just, I just want to be near it if possible. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't really matter. Deliver it. Yeah. Deliver it or have someone else. Like it doesn't, (laughs) that that stuff doesn't matter as much to me. I just like being near it.
2: Oh, when people are good, they make each other look good. Yeah. i just stand next to funny people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm his friend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but maybe they're standing next to you for the same reason. Yeah, I know those guys. God bless them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was uh, uh, Fred Armisen had, had a birthday party not that long ago, and Martin Short was there. And it was so funny to see, like, really established comedians be like, oh, fuck, is Martin Short.
2: Oh, that's great.
1: <sighs> Should I go ah! up to him? <laughs> Look, he seems him. He seems like a nice guy. Why, why not? You know. Oh my god. You know. Really? Like just, oh, oh, that's Yeah. Lovely. yeah. And then, to, and then, just watching him, just watching him do the flybys. <laughs> you know, like, just see. You know, see if there's any eye contact. And then just kind of, they just fucking stalk him. Just really?
2: like, yeah that's great. Yes, that's great. Yes, but oh, people no, do that he to loves you too. loves everyone in comedy too, and Fred Armiston's so good, isn't he? Yes. Wow, he's freaky good.
1: He is another one where yeah. he's just when he makes a character choice, it's oh like, so committed. He's locked in.
2: Documentary now? Have you watched? this? Yeah, wow. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Love the uh, Globesman.
1: Yeah, Hater. Well, Hater, oh, You know yes. those guys. Oh, yeah, those, love them. Those guys are great.
2: Yeah. Have you done? Have you worked with them? No. Oh, no. Love to. I've just uh goofed off with them at marty's house
1: Uh, oh that sounds great (laughs)
2: yeah sorry look just put it
1: just just put your iphone just hit the video record start goofing off and then start putting that out as a show and don't tell anyone
2: (laughs) (laughs) we had uh uh, marty had a christmas party in in uh this year and everybody gets up to sing and uh fred armiston just played drums for everybody all night oh yeah never even sang a song no he's a great drummer Then At one point, Marty said, so, Fred, uh, uh, you celebrate the holidays, and you have traditions that uh, you follow, you and your family? Yes, we have traditions that we follow. (laughs) 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 It's like as simple as that. We're all like, oh!
1: (laughs) Inside, he was probably like, I can't believe I'm here.
2: No, no, I hope
1: not. I can't imagine.
2: No. You don't think so? I don't know. Oh, I guess we all feel that way. I think we all do. Uh, Isn't that good? It is good.
1: I think because it sort of makes you... It, mean, it just means you care about what you're doing. Like, if you go somewhere and you're like, "ugh, then uh, you probably shouldn't be there, you know? Like, you should be around <laughs> yeah. things that excite you or things that people that inspire you. I
2: yeah, it think. makes you feel young, too, to still want to be like somebody. You, well, yeah. Yeah. Because
1: you sort of feel that fire churning. You're like, oh, I want to play. Now I want to play. Yeah. That's really what it is. You're just, you're playing. Yeah. Um. Uh. What was the, when you kind of made the transition to film, was it, was that something that you wanted to do? Just like say, I want to go do film now, or was it just like, I want to do you know, whatever, whatever's available? Or was it a conscious decision, like, I, this is, that's no, what I want to go do?
2: Yeah, that was part of, um, I think, leaving SCTV. It was wanting to do something else apart from, you know, I wanted to leave home, kind of. Right. Leave the big support group and see what I could do. First, get a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully get married someday. That worked. Yeah. I guess. God bless us. Yeah. I keep saying God bless us. Sorry. God bless us, so my mother's daughter. Oh, <laughs> um, well, that reminds me. My mom. I never realized what this meant. My sister and I were like, oh, yeah. When we were in our 30s or 40s, we realized what my mom was saying to us every time we went out on a date. I swear, I heard it like, bye, have fun. She said, bye, say three home marries for the grace of purity. What? <laughs> 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 Didn't even think about what it meant until my sister Mary Martin and I were talking about it. I swear in our 30s or 40s, we're going, wait, what was that?
1: Well, listen, it I think, worked. You know, anytime you're on a date, it's good to just stop the date, say a couple Hail Marys, <laughs>
2: yes, throw three. those in For there. The grace three, purity.
1: Yeah, th- three is a magic number. That's all right. You're Irish Catholic family, right? <laughs> Of course,
2: so sorry, I keep saying, "God bless God bless God no. bless yeah,
1: <laughs> the grace of the grace what of are we purity talking about? sorry, no, 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 I think that's great, but that's that's sort of but so your mom had a sense of humor about it, or oh, she, yeah, yeah, okay, no, yeah. good,
2: yeah, she would just slip it in there. She wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about it at the time, I swear I was not consciously aware that that was being said to me. But it was buried somewhere oh, in the back got. of your brain. Yeah, it yeah. worked. It, it worked. worked. Yeah, it's just like the weird, well.
1: weird mom craft. Just the weird witch witchery. <laughs> I don't know. My, you know, I was an only child, and I'm a boy, so I don't. I didn't really have. You know.
2: Were you raised in any religion?
1: My mom was Italian Catholic. Oh wow. Yeah. So, you know, I went to Catholic school. Did yeah. you go to Catholic
2: school? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. did. Not high school though. Oh, no, you didn't. Not Catholic high school. Yeah. No. You just
1: went to a regular. Yeah. yeah. What about you? All boys Catholic school. Yeah. Well,
2: right through high school.
1: No, not uh, up to high school. It was yeah. both. I went to a small private school, but then high school was all boys Catholic. Yeah.
2: Wow. But
1: then I went to UCLA, which was like the complete.
2: Wow. Rude it, awakening. Yeah. And a lovely awakening. I it think. was nice. Awakenings.
1: It was a very, it was awakening. <laughs> These feelings. What is this? <laughs> I don't want to go to
2: class. Why would I go to class? You could see
1: other, the opposite sex, the other gender. This is before the internet. so.
2: And Were you your mother's child or were you a, a wild child?
1: I was such a boring like I <laughs> fucking did my homework and Aww. didn't really date a lot and I was like president of the Latin club and was in chess club like I was I was not I was wow. a dream child like because I you know I I was too responsible. I was the fucking annoying kid in my friend group who was like guys you really shouldn't be drinking. You know what I mean? That's, like I
2: Okay, that's good for comedy though, isn't it? it because is. then you have something to work against.
1: I guess so. Yeah, I oh. guess so. Just yeah. I mean, I completely flipped in my 20s, you know, and then went in the complete opposite direction, but uh
2: but you know, it was... you had something to make fun of. I guess so. And you knew where it came from, you. I could guess speak so. from experience.
1: Were were, were you uh, like wild as a kid? I mean, with no. Set, no. Uh,
2: no, I just told you. Grace of purity and I didn't even know it was being said to me.
1: So <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And then when you were 19, you got into comedy. Yeah. Was that? Did
2: everything for the first time. That, so, well, great. That's really. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, was it just sort of a flood of like, oh,
2: I got to try this? I guess I better try this. I guess I better try this. Kinda, yeah. In a very reserved way, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. No, I'm a very moderate person. Well, Boring. that's good. Boring in that way, yeah. But
1: that's great because that's where, you know, so many people with the comedy brain, you know, that's, that is the hurdle. You know, it's to, yeah, to, to get over. if some. you're
2: grounded to begin with, isn't it? I guess. Kind of, doesn't it? It doesn't? does isn't? Isn't it? Yeah.
1: I think some people are just, you know, some people are lucky that way and some people just are not lucky with that sort of thing that compels them to do destructive things.
2: And you you, you were an only child. Yeah. So it doesn't seem like you went into comedy to get attention.
1: No, but I liked attention. I mean,
2: <laughs> you you went to keep attention?
1: Well, we moved a
2: lot. Oh.
1: So I was always the new kid, you know. I was the new kid a lot, and you know, when my parents, when SNL came on, it was, you know, it really was SCTV SNL when all that stuff came on, and my parents noticed that I really gravitated toward folks like you. <laughs> they fed that, and so I, oh, you know, lovely like, of them. They would buy all the Steve Martin albums, and they let me listen to Richard Pryor and all this. Get and there was out. no... You know, and then their friends would come over, and it was the only time I was allowed to swear, as if I was doing other people's bits. From that's great. I'm sure my parents' friends were bored as fuck listening to their fucking <laughs> annoying kid be like, "Excuse me," you know, like
2: do your party piece, Chris. Do, do it,
1: do it, you do it. No, mom, okay, I'll do it. You know, <laughs> hey, everybody. So uh, you know, that
2: that's was, great. Good sure, parents. They were
1: good parents. Yeah, very they, they supportive. Were, They're were very, very supportive. Yours. It sounds like your parents were too.
2: Yeah, they were funny, and my dad loved uh, laughing, so I would entertain him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Was we there all did. was there a particular direct so when you're working with Tim Burton I imagine that's a completely different experience than any other because you know he inv- he essentially inv- 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 invents this whole aesthetic this yeah. whole way of filmmaking so when he's explaining like well this is what I want to do. It's about a ghost <laughs> who haunts ghosts, <laughs> and like, and then there are these worms. Like, how is he explaining any of this? And how do you guys all come together and make that movie so holds up? By the way, Beetlejuice, a hundred percent holds up.
2: My husband designed it, designed really? the sets. That's how I met him. Yeah, <gasps> on the on Beetlejuice? on Beetlejuice. Yeah, he worked with Tim a few times. He did um, Edward Scissorhands and Batman Returns with oh, Tim. Wow. Yeah great production designer. Now he's doing Lemony Snickets. Uh, And you're doing uh, unfortunately. I did. I did uh, the fourth book played Dr. Orwell which in that episode uh, those two episodes my husband directed. Oh, that's fantastic. But he's designing all the sets for that. But yes, um, I read the script of Beetlejuice and I didn't get it at all. But I was also going through this period where I'd left S -S C T V and I had nothing going and I'd been lucky enough to earn some money to buy a house in Toronto and I'm living in a house by myself And just Where is my life What am I doing <laughs> Really just a weird Depressed state Cause I was just Aimless Right I had nothing going And uh And then I got called Or got sent Beetlejuice Like I don't get it I kept picturing <laughs> Ned Beatty for some reason Playing Beetlejuice And it just <laughs> I'm sure he's hilarious But I wasn't seeing it as funny <laughs> why a did baby in my head instead of Michael Keaton. And, uh, yeah, and then I came to L.A. to meet Tim Burton, I and I flew myself out, and then I rented a car, and then I was supposed to go to Warner Boulevard, but I went to Warner something that's in Anaheim, and it took oh. me forever to get there. And I didn't have a cell phone at the time. that was pre-cell phones. And I finally got close to Anaheim, and I'm, I'm thinking, what kind of director lives this far from anything sh- that's happening? <laughs> Besides Disneyland, I guess. What? The? No, I don't even want to be part. And I'd been talked into coming an audition because I didn't get it. I didn't get the idea, and then, and then I left town. No, then I finally I stopped at a phone booth and phoned the agent, and they said, "No, Warner Boulevard. It's oh. in Burbank." Oh my lord! We'll call him and tell him you're on his way. Your way, and then. I got there like three hours later, and there was a note on the door. Uh, sorry, I had to go. I have other oh, things to do. No. Tim Burton. It worked in my favor because I was terrible at auditions and meetings, and he ended up offering me the role. <laughs> <laughs> so I should have done that for every audition. Pretended I'd gone to Anaheim. Yeah. Why do you think you're bad
1: at auditions? Because it is a terrible process. It's a separate skill set. Oh
2: yeah, it is, and it, that only hit me like ten years ago. I thought, especially a meeting. I would, you know, if I went in. Sometimes if I went in for an audition and I had a good clue of what it was about i would you know give them an idea that i could do it but uh, more often than not that it gets well then it gets to the point where they think they're doing you a favor and they say oh no we wouldn't make you audition we'll just meet and in a meeting i'm myself my goofy ass self you know, god bless you and, <laughs> and uh, sorry sorry and uh that would have nothing to do with the character and I would in my mind I would know what they wanted for the character but I'd go in for a meeting as myself. it took me till I was like 39 say wait a minute maybe I should when I go in as myself be my this is what actors know except I didn't know um, go in as myself but give them a hint like just flavor myself somehow with that character and the first time I tried doing that I got the part I was like oh I, that's all I had to do <laughs> this oh, whole crap, time I blew it for 20 years yeah I'm bad. I was bad at that. Just the idea of having to impress somebody, even just like trying to get into a VIP P section in a club. You know, it's just the moment you're trying to. Get something you don't have. That's an awful feeling.
1: Oh, yeah, it's no good. Oh, I hate that feeling. It's because other people can sense it, too. Yeah. Like, why do you need this? I don't want to give this to you because you need it. Oh,
2: no, I, uh, I don't care. <laughs> no, just let me in. I'll show you. I don't care.
1: <laughs> what do you want in here anyway? It's, uh, it's, you know, because it's, um, it's not th- It's there. <laughs> it's over there. I
2: want to be there. No, Douglas McGrath. you know him? No. Wrote on Saturday, uh, Saturday Night Live for years. He um Oh, he wrote the... Carol King musical.
1: Oh, gotcha. touring all over the world. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha.
2: Great, great writer. Wrote with Woody Allen for a while. Broadway, what do you call it? Good. No brain. Broadway. (laughs) Thank you. Broadway. Bullets over Broadway. Bullets over Broadway. Sheesh. Wrote that movie. Anyway, great, talented guy and a good old friend from uh, Saturday Night Live days. And um, not the two weeks I was there,
1: (laughs) but the years Robin was there.
2: Um, Robin Dick. Anyway, sorry. Oh, he wrote a book, co-wrote a book years ago with his friend Patty. Uh, And within the book... There was a club in New York and at the time it was like Studio fifty four, you you know, you'd have to line up outside and all the clubs you still have to line up outside to get in Because Their idea for a club was they let everyone in, but then you're sitting at the bar and you get a tap on the shoulder, and you're told to leave. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a genius idea. You let everyone in, and then just remove people. It's the worst thing you see. Slowly, having a drink and seeing someone coming towards you.
1: Just to slowly eliminate like they shoot everyone. Shoot horses, don't they? Well, yeah, yeah, because then everyone buys a drink. It's like, yeah, okay, we got your money.
2: Kind of genius. Get out. You pay Aww. to get in. Get kicked out. If you're but not don't
1: you cool. mind sometimes, like if you if you do get to the other side of that rope, and you get over there, and you're like. Oh, this sucks.
2: Yeah, why did I care? It's cut off from all the fun of the club. No, alone. Yeah, I got in the room. Great. Thank you. Okay. Been there. Done it's, that. It's
1: isolating. Yeah. It's kind of strange.
2: Yeah. They're all very taking themselves really seriously.
1: Yeah. yeah. How, how do you deal with those situations? What do you do? You leave do? the room and you leave. back out in the bar. Yeah. yeah.
2: And people say, I want to get in.
1: Yeah, it's no fun. Believe yeah, I was me. in there. I was in there yeah. first. I didn't yeah, remember. I was in there. I
2: didn't. <laughs> so you know didn't go. care. You don't
1: know want to go. <laughs> I only asked like three times to get in. And, and then I, I could go care, back in you know? if I wanted. Yeah, I could totally. I mean, I'm not going to, but I could.
2: No, I'm above that.
1: But that's the... <laughs> <laughs> this is such a strangest part of, you know, uh, you know... You know, ego decisions tend to be the worst decisions. Yeah. But 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 they're... But it's so tantalizing in this business. It's so... You get you know, it's hard sometimes not to – you start doing stuff and you're like, oh, wait, yeah. am I doing that thing I wasn't going to do? Like how have you stayed grounded?
2: I don't know. I look at someone like um, Tina Fey and I think, well, why didn't I do that? Because I didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't have the <laughs> brains, the willpower, the confidence, whatever. It's, I think when you separate yourself enough, you – you're not as jealous. <laughs> yeah. We just say, that's a different person. That's a different kind of person. I'm not that person, so why try to put myself in their position? Right. You know? It's way more fun to just uh, enjoy what they do and respect them, you know, and, and uh, maybe uh, be inspired by them. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've, I would like to probably be in more movies, but then, now that I have Shit's Creek and it's in the springtime and it's in Toronto where I'm from and it's lovely and we finish the job at the end of June and I go to the cottage outside of Toronto that I have and with my family and it's, it's like, what? How greedy do you want to be? Right. And I don't really want to work that much outside of that. Maybe a great, you know, short part in a movie but, you know, sometimes I'll see what other people are doing and think, huh, I didn't hear about that but not too often. Is there something you're yearning to do that you're not getting to do right now? Me? Oh, I don't know.
1: I mean, I, I, I it, I feel like I would be a giant dick to go <laughs> to go Yeah, I don't know. Things that- I mean you know, there's always things that I would like to do and things that I wanna try and Yeah, it's like,
2: that's okay. That's... You know.
1: But I but I don't but I, I don't feel like <laughs> just not working at you know like i'm i'm fine i, have five shows right yeah, well, now. I don't even care uh, whatever yeah but aren't you really working like, yeah i know but i but i want to do that you know like yeah i mean sometimes you know you sort of feel that it's like oh you know my friends who are more i'd love to do more stand up because yeah. you only get better at stand up when you do more stand up and then i go okay i could but then i'd have to give up all these things that i'm doing and yeah you don't have time for that do you i still do i still tour wow
2: but i you just do how yeah. long a tour would you do
1: um. Well, until I got married at the end of last year, I was probably doing thirty dates a year. Dearly wife, I know. I'm fucking it. <laughs> now you going my kids. Ah! my life is ruined. God, I want to be alone. Don't leave. I want to be
2: alone. Be funny. I just
1: want to be alone. But you're just you in that room, not too far. I don't want to be too alone. <laughs> I want to
2: say I'm married.
1: I just want to. I just want you to hear me when I'm complaining. Is what I want.
2: Is your wife funny? I hope
1: she is funny, oh, but she's not God. a comedy person. Like she's not she's the first, she's really kind of the first person that I dated in any kind of memory that was not like really pursuing comedy. Yeah. Like she's she's funny but she's when I talk about when I really get into the minutia of comedy and like, you know, she's not really a riffer.
2: Right, right, right.
1: But then there was also something really She has a sense of humor. Yes, she has. A, yes, she has a great sense of humor and uh, you know, we love to watch a lot of the same stuff. But, you know, if I if I went home and I was like Freeze! You know, she's like, she's not gonna. We're not gonna play improv games. You know. Oh, who does? I know. I know. Scary. But do you need that? You know, like, do you need that kind of? It's really interesting that your husband is a is a designer. Like, it's not. But he's funny too. Funny, but not like that's not his core business. Isn't isn't comedy? No,
2: no. But he is funny. He's very funny, and and when he directs, he's very funny. Um, But he is. Yeah, we laugh a lot. I don't think I'd be able to live with someone without being able to laugh with them. But I used to know a lot of comics that had very serious wives. <laughs> I don't think they lasted. <laughs> it's like, oh, Chris, must everything be a joke with you? Now, thankfully, like, I didn't... Really? I don't know. They're afraid of competition in the home or what? But... Or you
1: just say something and there's that like... Okay. Okay. Like, I guess
2: someone finds you funny.
1: I guess. I guess that's funny to your audience. I'm not your audience. Don't no. test your material out on me. I'm, thankfully, it's not. Not one of
2: your followers.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have to live with you. This isn't funny. But it, when you had kids, was there – did that sort of feel like – that? did that absorb a lot of um, – Whatever life,
2: it, yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes.
1: And did it kind of help you? Yes, it should. And you didn't worry as much. Did you stop worrying as much about work and everything else? Did it sort of occupy that, yeah. bit of anxiety? Otherwise, why? Right. why
2: bother? Right, why bother bringing them into the home, <laughs> <laughs> bring them into the world? Yeah, yeah.
1: Mom's got an audition.
2: <laughs> no, it's a, yeah, I've always wanted to be a mother, so uh, yeah, so, they're lovely, they're lovely, and yeah, it's so worth it. It's so worth it. Those days are draining when, you know, it's like nothing's happening all day. <laughs> and the days go so slowly. I mean, they're beautiful. They're beautiful babies. And I love, 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 love them. Uh, but those days when they're babies, they're just, they're long, slow days. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're two and three. It's like, where did the time go? Like you look back at the time just flew. But on the individual days, it's just kind of slow and quiet. And yeah. You know, I You know, the older they get, the more they relate to you and uh and you relate to them and they become little people and and it's just beautiful to watch and ridiculous responsibility i mean now our sons are 22 and 19 it's like a whole other world of of parenting right we're always saying we're in over our heads (laughs) we have good guys they're really good young men but you know they just go through troubles and they've got crazy friends around them and and it's uh it's a tough world right now, I think, to be growing up in. Sure. One of the things I really noticed about difference in the world of the internet from from when I grew up is I could have a great talk about false sense of importance, but um <laughs> but a false sense that anything you could come up with you you could maybe try, you mm-hmm. know, as long as you know, I knew Gilda Radner. So I was like, she's doing that, yeah, I could try that. Whereas now you might have to be aware of forty million people wanting to do the same thing that sure. you want to do. It's like, whoa, that's pretty it is overwhelming, but, but I think that and encouraging maybe at the same time. It is, yeah. I think
1: it drives innovation. Okay, I think it drives innovation. I think it makes you say, you know, before I think the 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 idea was I have to be interesting enough and have enough to say that a person from a company hires me. Yeah. And that's now yep. Yep. it's I have to be interesting enough to rise above <laughs> the the noise. Yeah. You know. But I think that's just about finding your own voice. You have to find whatever you're think you, you know, whatever you have to say.
2: Yeah, I want, maybe, maybe for me, I needed somebody close to me to be going through that, so I could follow them. Right. Whereas maybe you're just so self motivated that you look at that world, and go, yeah, I can do that, you know, <laughs> and I will rise above that.
1: My mom says I could do it.
2: <laughs> yeah, that helps. But I that think helps. there really
1: was an element to that too. But you, but you, you know. Y- you, I imagine, as much as you were inspired by all of these people, the Gildas of the world, I mean, you inspired people, too. I mean. it's a, it's a nice thought. It is. Yeah. But it's true. But you, I guess yeah. you can't ever think of it that way.
2: No, it's, it's great when somebody in comedy says that, a younger person in comedy says that to me, that they watched it and they were inspired. I think, oh, thanks. Okay. I know that feeling from the people I watched. But sure, if they feel that way, <laughs> good luck to them. I mean, yeah, it's lovely.
1: God, I know, I know. I keep going back to Beetlejuice, but I just when oh, you're, it was
2: fun. Yeah, I'm are oh, shoot- he I didn't really answer your question. He's got, he has a great sense of humor, and it was a really fun set to be on.
1: Good, that makes yeah. me happy. Yeah,
2: no, really fun. Because when you're shooting yeah.
1: that, it's the set's a little offbeat, and everyone's yeah. doing, you know, a, something charactery. Yeah, and and are, are there times when you're on set and you're like, is this gonna? <laughs> So you're gonna This is gonna work You're gonna make this work No it felt like it, it worked It felt like it was working Oh yeah
2: And there was a cute guy On the set I wanted to go out with
1: Oh yeah <laughs> Sounds like it worked out Okay
2: <laughs> No and, oh, Michael Keaton's so cool And funny And I mean, what well, great casting Incredible It might have been great But Michael Keaton's <laughs> <laughs> <was> really great <laughs> <You know? laughs> Alec Baldwin was just Starting out then Yeah, yeah. Winona Sweet, She was like 13 at the time Yeah uh, Glenn Shaddix God bless him He's gone Who played Otho Decorator um, but Tim has re- great sense of humor Like just laughs You can see that movie There's real darkness But then there's always something Really funny and light That comes out of it Yeah You know And that's what I love about His work generally You know He goes He's not afraid to go dark But then he's always pulls it out With some You know Dark humor Yeah um, But really fun on the set And uh, And a great director As far as just kind of Getting you in the right headspace And Just laughing with you And in, And it's so encouraging that way You know but everybody, you know, we were all really into our characters. It was all very real when we were actually doing the scenes. But, oh, and Jeffrey Jones, too. Fun. Yeah, great cast.
1: Yeah, because but, but you really do have to trust that every, you have to trust. You have to be able yeah. to, which I guess is part of the, the improv sketch training. It's like, yeah. if I'm in this group, i got to trust these people. Yeah,
2: you do. And you want to work with good people. I've been on a couple of jobs in my life, a few jobs, I guess, where I lost trust in the director. And that's bad. I mean, I... I can turn mean. I think I feel like <laughs> you have taken me, and now you are abusing me. I get, it, I take it so personally. I can't look them in the eye. They'll give me a note. It's like, yeah,
1: right. Well, your time That's is precious. Terrible. Like when you're young, well, you just want to. Everyone's wanna... is.
2: I don't mean to say mine no. more than anyone else's. I
1: know, but... but it is when you're young. I think you just want to be in the game, and then sort of like you said, when you start to get, when you start to get a little bit older, then you're like, oh, now I kind of want to. Decide how I am in this game,
2: or how I want to learn something new. I want to be in good hands. Yeah, yeah. I know.
1: Who were people that you learned from? You know, like was it was it SCTV people? You
2: yeah, definitely. So Second an SCTV.
1: Anyone then... in particular? Was it you know
2: uh, Joe it... at the beginning and John Candy? Again, God bless him. Yeah, too many people. The older you get, no one's <laughs> gonna go until you go yourself. I know. Oh, uh, <laughs> um, not yet though. Not yet. Yeah, but he was great. He he hired me for the touring company. John, John did. Yeah. And uh, so I first worked with him as my director. Just so fun, lovely. Everything you'd hope that guy would be, he really was. And uh, uh, and then Joe Flaherty directing the main company when I got in there. And uh, watching Gilda, you know, I really wouldn't be here if it weren't for Gilda because I wouldn't have gotten that job if it weren't for her. And, what was she you know, doing so. on
1: stage at that time?
2: Oh, like, very consistent, like you saw in Night Live.
1: Like Rosanna, know? Rosanna like, Danny yeah, type characters? Just kind yeah, kind of
2: pure and... You know, innocent. There was just such a great little girl innocent quality about her. You know, her sweet little face and her gangly arms. <laughs> you know, just, uh, yeah, lovely. Really strong characters. Do you remember really, uh, really strong characters. Let's
1: Talk Dirty to the Animals? Do you remember that she, she did the song Let's Talk Dirty to the Animals? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. There's,
1: there's a moment in that, like, the timing, her timing <laughs> yeah. is so fuck you, Mr. Bonnie. <laughs> like, there's something,
2: it's just like. And gosh. her mouth. Yeah, that cute mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that Rosanna Mel. Yeah, and her uh, Patty Smith thing. The yes, punk, the punk thing with the undershirt. And...
1: Yeah. Did you have any particular Punch favorite early. characters that you were that sort? You sort of left at Second City that you weren't able to.
2: Oh, I just play. Well, as I got older and got a little more self conscious and wanted to look nice, I stopped playing. I tried to stop playing a lot of older, angry women. <laughs> <laughs> lot of that There's a lot of that in improv playing just angry battering wives you know just hard asses i don't know why it was just i kind of went there when in doubt either play insane right or really angry basically insane yeah and then i got older and then on camera it's like you don't always want to look like that on camera
1: no but that's you know it's <laughs> so great to see how ground to, to get this sense of how grounded you are because you so expertly can play a character who's like, a millimeter away from just everything unraveling. and But she doesn't quite. Thank you. But Good. it's close. It's just like, you know... You know, especially Delia, or you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that was fun. Yeah, it's just those moments where it's like almost, but it doesn't quite. It doesn't quite <laughs> break.
2: Barely hanging on.
1: How do you play crazy people so well? How do you play that? How do you play that so well?
2: Uh Well, thank you. I guess it's. uh I always keep saying it's me on a bad day. <laughs> No, have you not had feelings like that that you could sort of tap into?
1: Doesn't mean I could make you know, them funny, I, you know. Oh yeah, it does for you. I don't for know. you, it does. Now, right? now. stop yeah, it! Cut it, it
2: out! <laughs> so
1: stop it, I will jump across this table and hug you. <laughs> I'll kiss you. I'll stop it. <laughs> so Shit's Creek is in the third season now, and it's on. Uh, it's on. I, I watch it on Pop.
2: But, on, uh, but it was CBC. On my TV, It's not in HD. So get it together, Pop.
1: Come on. Although
2: on um, on Eugene's TV it's in HDV. HT- H, what?
1: HD. <laughs> it's an S C T V. It's an S C T V. Creek
2: is S C T V as well. Um, yeah, on his he's got Time Warner and it's in HD, but it's not in Pop. So I like to watch it on Netflix yep. and Amazon Prime. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Very happy. Very happy that it's. All over the place.
1: Do, any, are there any plans? I mean, do you do you get a, an occasional call from Chris Guest going, "Hey, we might do another thing at some point"? Or no, did I
2: didn't it... get called about the last one.
1: The fuck! <laughs> the fuck, man!
2: Yeah, man. What are oh. you doing? See, he no, know me anything? He
1: needs to hear this. He
2: doesn't know me anything.
1: I'm gonna. He owes I, you. No, he's giving he me owes. Me. I don't know him, but he owes no. me. No, no, no
2: he, he does Giving know me great, great opportunities, and I don't blame. He wants to work with some new people. But I, I, you know, you have such—you have a writing
1: background. Did you ever think, you, why not?
2: Why don't I create something? Yes. I'm too lazy? You're not lazy. Maybe. I don't know that. I'm not I was, when I work, I give myself—I forget that I have a husband and kids, and I'm just completely devoted to. And knowing that, I guess I'm careful about what I do. Sure. Because I know that I'm just going to be completely swamped in my brain right. <laughs> by the job, in a fun way. But I will just get lost in it. Um, but they're right, yeah. I don't know. I no. I'm uh, fortunately I can give my notes on the outlines on um, Schitt's Creek, and I can rewrite dialogue, and it's you know, I get enough of that, uh, you know, and I can express myself as my character, and and it's fulfilling and fun, and yeah, that'll probably on my deathbed I'll probably regret not writing something a little more, you know, because I have ideas over the years, and I, why don't I just do it? Why do I waste time? Reading stuff online, and I could be. <laughs> when I could be writing.
1: You could actually. That's be it. I'm going home to write today. Right now, Chris. Yes, you're going to make a thing. I
2: will.
1: Can I just be? You can have motivated I, me. I listen. Just let me. Just let me. Just be in it for like a scene. I'll just be like, okay. hey, you, and then you, you just be running by me, and I'll be like churro. Like I'll be a churro guy. I'll be a guy with a churro oh, no, card. It'll
2: be better than that. Churro. It'll be more important. Than, well, that's important too. Sorry. Yes. Okay.
1: Churro. Like it's a little much more dignified. <laughs> Cheryl. Chiro.
2: Fuck! I had this at home.
1: I did this at home. (laughs) I, you know, I don't know if you. I don't don't know if you're a big. I'm a huge Disneyland person. Love Disneyland. Are you really? They added Sally to uh, the haunted mansion. I mean, like when they do the the whole Nightmare Before Christmas, but they added her in the graveyard like a full size Sally no, when you come yeah so this this past year it was it was brand brand new and when you come down into the graveyard she's right I'll show you a picture of it yeah. she's right there just on one of the gravestones just kind of like
2: no like, way it's yeah. lovely well, yeah. how about the life after life of that movie
1: that movie has become a lifestyle
2: ridiculous yeah the um I've done um a couple at the Hollywood Bowl where we do the live you know they show the movie yep. Mary before christmas and we do the live singing which is pretty exciting to sing with an orchestra.
1: Oh, that's amazing. We
2: did the last 2 years.
1: I need to I need to do that. You're um, gonna write me a check. And that's yes. so funny. You know it's hot in here. It's very, and you're very polite to not go. Ah, but you're fanning yourself with a with a checkbook. It's like the calendar part <laughs> it's of empty. a checkbook. It's empty. It's empty. There's no so checks for, in there. Oh no, you don't pay me for this. I I owe you. <laughs> oh no, I will. No, Please. I don't. As soon as I write that script, <laughs> I don't know why it's so hot in here. You know it's so fucking cold for.
2: Oh, it's me. It's... As soon as I'm uh, talking about myself.
1: No. You're... Yeah. It
2: gets me heated up. No. That. <laughs> it does. That's why I avoid this kind of thing. Uh,
1: oh. This was so nice of you because I know you don't normally do this kind of stuff and I called I called Mark Gervitz and I was like it's not press you know it's like it's just a conversation and she's so I mean you've always been on a list of people that I wanted on the on the show there, there were a list and funnily enough a lot of them were SCTV people you know Harold Ramos was someone I really wanted no I him? was never Aww. I was never able to but but just for, as far as a guy who Created so many things that that you know completely changed yeah. my life from a comedy standpoint.
2: Ridiculously prolific. Yeah, yeah. When he he was original head writer on SCTV. Oh, I don't know if I knew yeah. that. And all day long, just putting out material, all, great material, just nonstop writing. Woke up in the morning, just started writing. You know, the rest of us would be blabbing about an idea forever, and he would just have put out four scripts already. Four but I scenes. think the fact
1: that you all you know the that everyone was stayed friends through through everything, yeah. you know, and I assume was probably sort of like a a little support group from back home, you know, when everyone was in this kind of weird town and the yeah, weird yeah. business and everything. Well, I, I cannot thank you enough for coming on. Thank you, Chris.
2: I um, sh- wanted to do it because I like you. Oh, they're the best! Ba- like oh, that the...
1: makes me so happy. Get out of here! No, I'm serious. Ah. Um, I, I, it's, it, it, it really means a lot to me because. I can't imagine what my pursuit of comedy would have been if you hadn't been a major part of it, you know, and just so and I I know it sounds, you know, I'm not pandering it's legitimate truth I'm just, I love it I'm just trying to not get too because when I I'm good at mashing the fan stuff down but when it starts to come up sometimes I'm like and then um, when you uh, just give me a minute you know it's like how do you how do I'm you embarrassed right now
2: but on my way home I'm like, he likes me I do I do <laughs> I'll be excited then when you're not looking
1: alright well thank you so much for being here thank Schitt's Creek uh, watch it uh, Eugene is a executive producer with his son yes. uh, Daniel yeah. yep. and, uh, and the show is great and it is it is very much what I. It's something I love seeing you do, like that. Uh, that woman who's <laughs> evolves and she's, she's out of her mind <laughs> in the best way possible. Yes. Uh, thanks for being here, Catherine O'Hara. Thank you,
2: Chris Hardwick.
1: Enjoy your burrito, everyone. Uh-huh. The
2: end. Your churro. Your
1: churro. Enjoy your churro. <laughs> churro, ma'am. Your churro. You forgot your churros. Don't
2: forget your dialogue. Don't forget shit. <laughs> this
1: is why I need to come to rehearsal.
2: You're playing with me, right?
0: You can binge The Bachelor of Buckingham Palace exclusively on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app.